So the, the title of my message today in, is, Why Give Thanks to God? <laughs> why, should we give, why should we thank God? And um, the song, I'm preparing us for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so uh, this, the psalm that I have for today is Psalm 95, and I'm going to read, we're going to read Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7. And I believe this is the NIV version. Uh, Come, let us sing to the... Okay, let me start over again. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountains and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. So as we look at the the Psalms, uh, many of them were written to help us um, deliver praise to God. And I think sometimes... um, Praise is not something that just, just automatically rolls off our tongue. <laughs> you know, we're not, we, I don't know, maybe you do, but you walk around, oh, what's the love, we thank God, what a wonderful day. You know, this, you know, just being very thankful and praise and uplifting, things like that. I heard a, a, someone say yesterday, um, they were asked, well, how are you doing? He says, well, I'm doing pretty good, but don't worry, I'll get over it. <laughs> So I thought that was funny. Don't worry, I get over feeling pretty good. Well, the praises that we have for God are not something we get over, and they are not something that, they're not phases that we go through when everything's going good. Praise is something that we offer to God no matter what is going on. Because our praise and our thanksgiving to God is setting, it is our faith in action that no matter how things appear, we are thanking God for who he is and his ability to take us from where we are at to where he wants us to be. And so our praise and our thanksgiving to God is faith saying, God will take me onward from here. And it's our, you know, we pray about the situation, we ask God for guidance, but one of the things is that we are to be thankful. We are to be grateful to God, grateful people. Psalm, and I didn't give this to you, Terry, but it's Psalm 105, verse 6. It says, Let everything that hath breath, let it praise the Lord. So the declaration of the Psalms, then, is about giving thanks. And so the declaration is, if we are able to breathe, we're able to praise the Lord. And uh, Psalm 119, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we wonder how we should live. Well, we read the Psalms. Billy Graham, uh, I remember him saying that he would read some, a, a chapter or two of Proverbs, a chapter or two of Psalms every day along with his other Bible reading. And so that it's, it's important that we learn the, the Proverbs about understanding and we learn the Psalms about being able to praise the Lord. So as we look at um, Psalm 95, we look at verse 1, and it says, Come. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. And come let us, it's our song. What we're doing is we are establishing our song. 
We talk about character. Character is that what I mean, you take the events of life and your personality and ho- what you are, and that whatever that is goes in there and develops your character. And our character, everyone is of a different character. Some people think, well, they're a real character. But uh, we have a character that we are developing. And so our spiritual character is our song. And our song is to be one of joy. Not because <laughs> it's all good <laughs> and, you know, that I don't think anyone here won the $2 billion in the lottery. If you did, don't tell me. <laughs> because, never mind. But anyhow, joy is a feeling that we have of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on what Jesus is. See, our joy is based upon what Jesus is rather than on how we feel or what is happening around us. You know, happiness depends on happenings. Joy is that which is a a deep-seated, rooted part of of our spiritual life. And so being joyful doesn't mean we run around with a smile on our face all the time. It just means that in our spirit, there is a bounce in our spirit that is reflective in, in, our, in, in what we do and how we approach life, that there's, there's something good is going to happen to us. So we are believing that and walking in that confidence. Well, well, what if nothing joyful ever happens? Well, you end up in heaven, you'll be happy. So be joyful till you get there. <laughs> Uh, that didn't get an amen. So, uh, so joy then comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from God. It isn't something that we can muster up and read about and, you know, you know I'm going to have a joyful attitude. I'm going to have positive thinking. And those are all good, okay? But the positiveness that comes from our life is about God's presence, him never, he, never God, never leaving us nor forsaking us. The presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. There is a confidence in the scriptures and in the, what God has taught us. And so we are just expressing that in our praise to God. And so, we, you know, well, I don't know how to just rattle off praises to God. Read the Psalms. <laughs> so we, we read the Psalms and have the have those psalms speak to us and that from we're using what someone else has written, not the the latest book, which may be good too, but reading the psalms gives us a place, a foundation of what we can be thankful for. For the joy of the Lord, which is the gladness of heart, the joy of the Lord is the gladness of heart that comes from knowing God. We know him as our Savior, he wants to be our friend. We know him, that, uh, that he is with us. He abide, we abide in him, and he abides in us. We live together in this life and being filled with the Spirit of God. His Holy Spirit is there. He, the third person of the Trinity abides with us. So Nehemiah 8.10 says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> so when we start to consider uh, what the Psalms and the declaration is here, it's not about bouncing around and, you know, telling everybody how happy you are and how bad and sad they are. And, you know, <laughs> it's about a, con- a confidence that we have in God and what he is doing in our life and the faith that we have that he's going to continue to do good things in our life. Psalm 100 declares, verse 1 through 3, Shout for, the joy, for, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. 
Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. I mean, that's reason, you know, it gives us a different focus. This isn't about me. It's about God. It's in that there's God who made me, and I'm his. Why? Because I, I give it to him. I give my life to him. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. So the psalmist then, they declare a physical response to a spiritual experience. That's what we're looking at here. A physical response to a spiritual experience. It's not a created thing. It's not mind over matter and not positive thinking. And again, those are all good approaches to life and not knocking them. But we have something that is better. Psalm 95, verse 1, Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. <laughs> lead us to the rock of our salvation. Uh, Psalm 61, 2, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. <laughs> now, on the rock, uh, rock is often uh, a metaphor for strength, steadiness, and durability. The rock is uh, something that one can hide be behind in the heat of the sun and in the in the cold of the cool of the night it holds the heat so a rock is very important in in, uh, in the desert but david talks about the rock he calls god his rock god was his strength his support his defense god is the one who enabled him to subdue his enemies and gave him victories in battle he saw God as the rock that is higher than he. He was the steadfast, strong leader, but he knew that God was greater than he. And so we rely on Christ. And who is Jesus Christ? The solid rock upon which we stand. <laughs> so the psalm is speaking about, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. That's our praise. Let us declare it. Let us say it. Let us shout to the Lord. You know, oh, thank you, God, for this wonderful day, you know. <laughs> and if you're, and I'm off sometimes guilty of this, if you're happy, let your face know it. <laughs> if you're happy, let your face know it, you know. Let us come before him with thanksgiving, verse 2. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the act of giving thanks. Did you know that? <laughs> That's a, uh, you knew that. But anyhow, thanksgiving is the act of giving thanks. All right, well, a grateful acknowledgement of benefits and favor, especially to God. So when we are giving thanks, we are giving thanks to God for his grace, his divine favor. The word, no... If it was not for God's grace, you know, we, we would be long gone for our sins and failures and blow-ups and blow-outs or whatever. But God's grace is his divine favor upon our life. And we are counted. We are to count our blessings, all the good that God has accomplished in our lives. So when we're focused on what is good, we're not focusing on, on what is wrong. And thanksgiving, we are to think of it as a celebration of divine goodness. A celebration of divine goodness. Divine goodness. 
See, if you don't know what God is doing, how do you know what he has done? God is with us that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, that God has a way of bringing us to the right place for the right time. You know, we went to um, my, my brother, uh, he, he died of cancer at 42, and he said, and others have said, when, when he got cancer, he had it for about two years, I think he got it when he was around 40, that he really didn't start living till he had cancer. Because it was his cancer that caused him to just look at life again. And, he, you know, we were raised in the church. We were very much a part of, you know, my brother and I were going to church all the time. We went to church whether you liked it or not. I always said we had a drug problem. <laughs> we were drugged to church Sunday morning, drugged to church Sunday night, drugged to church Wednesday night, you know. So my brother was part of that, but he had a different streak. <laughs> he was a bit stubborn. And, um, but anyhow, at, whenever he had the cancer, and he was fortunate to survive the surgery and even get out of the hospital, he became a whole different person. And his whole life changed because of that cancer. And, and, the, and the reason I think of that is because his wife remarried and her husband, second husband, just died. But so we went to the funeral and remembering the times that I spent with her when my brother was in the hospital and dying and things. But the, the whole idea is the events of life bring us someplace. The events of life take us to certain places. And we find that for my brother, if he hadn't had cancer, would he have ever changed? So you see, some of the things that goes on in our life, they are not, <laughs> they are not things that we sign up for. But there are things that cause us to come to a place where we have to reevaluate and look at what's going on. And here the psalmist, David, you know, David, <laughs> he, you know, he's a, he's a great guy, but he sinned. <laughs> he did things that were wrong. You know, if you're, you know, if God can use a murderer, Moses. <laughs> you see, we look at these people and we put them on pedestals and we say, oh, they were perfect. None of no, not, uh, not all the people that God used were this um, shiny white armor, you know. Uh, but they were individuals who had problems and difficulties and came through those difficulties. So we are to celebrate the divine goodness. Celebrate the divine goodness. Know that God is with you. And now he is here and he is working with us. Thanksgiving. <laughs> You know, it's almost like we have to have a special season to pause and give thanks. <laughs> but Thanksgiving is more than that. We should be the first to respond to, to others and for, for the good that they do, to thank them. Glenda, thank you. I always pick on you, so I'll pick on you now. <laughs> I, I don't know why, it's just been, she knows I'm going to ask her for something. <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to come up with something good. <laughs> so. But, uh, no, but I'm, you know, but appreciation, you know, appreciate all, all of you, and, you know, all the things that you do for one another and for the church. But we find that in verse 6, we're going to move down to verse 6, we went 1 and 2 and then verse 6. Verse 6 is, God's love is the cause of our cleansing. God's love is the cause of our cleansing. You know, Whenever you think about 
You ever, you know, as a kid, none of you probably ever got dirty and muddy and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes kids would come in muddy. <laughs> and what would happen? Your, you know, my mom would say, take off those clothes and go get a bath. You know, you need to do this. Well, when God looks at us, it is his love for us that he doesn't want us to stay in our mud. <laughs> it isn't that he doesn't, he, he loves us so much, he doesn't want our sin to destroy us. So he, we don't have to get cleaned up for him to love us. We get cleaned up because he loves us. It doesn't make him love us. He loves us in spite of our sin. So come, let us bow down and worship. Worship means like bent over or bow down. It describes a gesture of respect and submission. Some people lay prostrate on the ground before God. Some people, you know, whatever it is in your heart and life, that you are bowing before God and submitting to his presence and to his love. And you don't know what to do, but you know that you're asking him for guidance. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, Worship the Lord with gladness. <laughs> we're here to worship God and we're to do it with gladness. Come before him with a joyful song. That's why we sing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. And I'll read Psalm 100 a couple of times through here. Um, and it is he uh, that has made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. His courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. <laughs> you know, the Hebrew word for worship means to bow down. That we bow before the Lord. For we shall worship the Lord our God and serve him only. <laughs> so it is, you know, the word, it's in this scripture that the, the Hebrew word for worship, uh, and, and, and uh, it is a picture of humility before Yahweh. The word Yahweh, and meaning God, the Hebrew, those who are strict Hebrew um, individuals, they, it, it's against their, it's, it's, they, don't, they do not pronounce the name of God. It is so holy that they will never say Yahweh in, in, the, in the Hebrew language. You know, we speak of God, our Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We think of, you know, we say that, very fluently and, you know, often. But in the Hebrew, the individuals of the, of the strict set will, sect will not still to this day say the name Yahweh because it is so holy. Verse 7. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. <laughs> so the second and more urgent reason for worshiping God not only is that he is great, but he is also our God. <laughs> he is our God brought into a close, personal relationship with us. And we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hands. We are led by him, tended by him, fed by him. We owe everything to his shepherding. Verse 7, Today, if only you would hear his voice, in, his, in this written word or in the songs that we sing or in the scriptures, if we would hear his voice. And, and it's important that we, we pay attention to that because 
as we would read on there in uh, verse 8 through 11, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribeth. That's the place of rebellion. And the psalmist is referring back to Numbers chapter, four, Numbers chapter 14. And we're not going there, Terry. But I, 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 it's, it's like um, the psalmist is saying, where your ancestors tested me, verse 9, they tried me, though they had seen what I did. And, and it's important if you would look at this, the psalmist is declaring that God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses has led them out, the plagues, crossing the Red Sea, uh, giving them water in the wilderness, brings them to, you know, the Mount uh, Sinai where they receive the commandments and on to the promised land. Well, what happens when they come to the promised land? They have to send spies out to check it out. Ten come back, oh, we can't do it, there's giants in the land. Joshua and Caleb says, yes, we can do it. But what did the people do? <laughs> they wept and complained against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in the land of Egypt. See, God is saying here in the, in the Psalms, through, this, through, through the writer, the author, that the people hardened their heart. They did not listen to what God had said to them. They, they pushed it off. Even the great miracles that they had in their life, the plagues that set them free from Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, you know, coming now to this place of going across the Jordan River into the land of promise that was promised to their forefathers. What did they do? Oh, we should have died in Egypt. <laughs> Only if we had died in the desert. Not only should we have died in Egypt, but we should have died in the desert because we're going to come into that land and by the sword, we're going to die and our children and our wives are going to be held captives and they're going to die by the sword. Moses, what have you done? <laughs> they died in the desert, an entire generation, because they didn't see what God had done for them. All they could do was complain. You see, they could not let go of who they were to become what God wanted them to be. That's what happened. They, they couldn't hear what God was doing. Even though they saw the miracles and saw what God was, had done in their life, they just couldn't get a hold of it. That All they could see was this giants. They wanted to possess a land where hey, we just walk in and take over. Our life isn't about going in and taking over. You know, like um, it's all deserted and we're on our own. Well, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, but the walls, their city, there's people who live there and they have walled cities and there's armies and there's all these things there that we can't take on. We're just slaves. Our life is filled with difficulties, but we go with a promise. Like 40 years later, Caleb leads them in. Joshua leads them in. Where do they go? Around Jericho. How does a slave army take down a great place like Jericho? You do something really foolish. Listen to what God says. March around the city every day and don't talk. <laughs> I like that. Don't talk. Because you know what they'd have been talking about. What's, what's, what's he doing? Why are we marching around the city? 
those walls are high, we can't get in, what good does this do? And then on the seventh day, watch seven times. Can you imagine they're complaining? But they weren't allowed to talk. But when the trumpet blew and everything, they screamed, the walls came down, and they went in and took the city. God has a way of taking us to where he wants us to be. But we have to be willing to let go of where we've come from. You see, verse, going back to verse 3, so we find that these people didn't listen. Verse 3 says, For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. You see, we are called to be God's people. We are called to worship. We are called to praise God and bring our focus on the greatness of God. We are called to see how that he has been delivering us and has been delivering us. He has freed us from the bondage of sin. He has a land of promise for us to occupy. The land of promise that we are to occupy are the promises in the scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is my peace. He is my portion. He is, he is my security. He is my hope. You see, these are, this is our land of promise. It's a spiritual land that we live in. It's not a psychotic land. It's a spiritual place that we are able to, our, our physical man is responding to a spiritual reality. That's why we praise God. That's why we pray. That's why we have hope. For the Lord is God. He is a great God, the great king above all gods. What the psalmist is doing there, he's denying the existence of other gods which exist only in statues not in persons. His greatness is unsearchable, the psalmist says. A great king above all gods. He is above the great kings, the judges, the presidents of the earth. He is above the angels and all created being. He is above the imaginary gods of the heathen. Verse 4, in his hand, I like these two verses, in his hand are the depths of the dead, deep places of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. In his hand or under his government are the deep places, the high mountains. Verse 5, the sea is his, for he made it, and his hand formed the dry land. You see, with all of the depths of the sea and the heights of the mountains, what is the psalmist saying? He points that God is not a God of our imagination and not a God of our location. The, the, the um, false gods, the images, the, the images that the people bought that would build, they would put them on the high places, meaning they would put them in places around their homes so that they could look at them to know that their God was still there. The psalmist is saying, our God, he, he, he governs the depths of the sea. Our God, he is, he is the captive of all the mountains. They're in his hands. Nothing is beyond his reach. And see, he's a great God of over all the earth and of all things. And so the psalmist is letting us know we don't have to see him up on a hill. We know that he's in our heart. <laughs> and it is there that he holds a, the, the, he is the anchor to our soul. He is the promise of, of our future. He is the promise, the hope of eternal life. He is the one who forgives us of sin. Universal creator and ruler of the whole earth. As we take in these words of the psalmist, they inspire us. They inspire us to praise. 
We read them in the, in, in, and we let the Spirit soar to, to the greatness of God where we can offer great prayers and great praise because God is so good. Psalm 95, verse 7, He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture. We are the sheep of His hand. <laughs> he is my God, and Him I will trust. Psalm 100, verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. For we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. He leads me to green pastures. Why? He's my shepherd. He leads me to still waters. Why? Because he is shepherding me. He restores my soul whenever I feel like I am bone dry and can't make it any further. He leads me in the path of righteousness. Where he leads me, I will fear no evil. He is always with me. He comforts me. He anoints me. I will dwell in his shelter forever. He is my shepherd. (laughs) You see, there is a rest that he wanted the children of Israel to enter into. And the rest was the promised land full of giants and, vic- and, and, and armies and conflict. But the rest was not from those things, but the rest was to know that God was going to help them possess the land through all of the difficulties. Verse 4, he is the rock of our salvation, the eternal foundation and shelter of our soul. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to the rock that is greater than I. Jesus is my rock. Upon him I stand. Everything else is sinking sand. Amen? I want us to read the psalm. If we can, do you have it there, Terry? Do we put it up? We can read it together. Psalm 95. Did I get that for you? Ready? Can you go along? Let's lead it to ready. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. Extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, Harden not your heart. And then go to Psalm Psalm 100. Is that the other one? Yes, Psalm 100. Um, A psalm for giving thanks. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, 
and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name. That's all you got? Well, verse 5 says, For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You have just offered praise to God. <laughs> and you have declared his greatness. You have declared his love. You have declared that he is the shepherd of your life and that we come before him with thanksgiving and praise because of his great mercy. And we are the sheep of his pasture. Amen? That's why we go to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He is the shepherd over his flock. You are his flock. Amen? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for being the shepherd of our soul. And God, we become this flock of yours by the confession of our sin, asking you for forgiveness, asking you, O oh God, to dwell within us. Give us a heart that seeks you. Let us read these psalms and let us read aloud and say the praises of God in our life. Doesn't mean that there'll be no conflict. It means that you will be with us in the conflict and through it. You will give us peace whenever there is nothing but war around us. We are at peace knowing that you will take us through. That nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing can touch us, O Lord, that has not gone through you. Give us the shield of faith, O God, to protect us. Give us the helmet of salvation to protect our thoughts. Give us the breastplate of righteousness, this right relationship with you. Gird our belly with the belt of truth that we will speak the truth and the truth of God shall be our, our stronghold. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, that we will speak it and use it and God, you will give us the shoes of peace. The security of wherever we go, we are at peace with you. And God, we are more than conquerors through Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. God bless you.